0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 594, Flashback, All-Star, Batman and Robin, The Boy Wonder. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. This is episode 594. It's our flashback episode to All-Star, Batman and Robin, um... Actually, it was interesting. I was I was sitting today, being like, I, I got to come up with a new episode or something I like to chat about. And I looked at All Star Superman. I was like, you know what? That'd be a fun one to do. But I feel like I really got to do a another really good read on it to really do it justice because uh, All Star Superman is just such a fantastic book. And I also thought, well, you know, did I ever watch the animated movie they made on it? Maybe once they put it all together, maybe I can talk about it. That's my cat in the background making loud noise. Um, so I was thinking about all these things, and I was like, well, what about All Star Batman and Robin? Um, and then I realized, uh, as I looked through my shelf that I, I don't own it. I own it in, in, in uh, the original single somewhere, um, somewhere in my house, but I don't have the trade and I, th- I kind of thought I did. Uh, and then I realized, oh, I must've bought it digitally. So I looked it up and I do, do in fact, uh, own it digitally and it bugs me. And then I think it made me realize why I probably don't own, um, the trade, although it doesn't excuse maybe the absolute cause I can't remember the sequence, but I believe, um, The trade has issues one to nine, but then it doesn't include page uh, issue ten, which happened again came out much later. Um, So I think because of that, I never ended up buying it in the actual original trade paperback format. Although I I feel like I must have the tenth issue uh, singly somewhere. So I thought, well, you know, maybe I should talk about this. So All Star Batman and Robin, uh, or as it's known on the uh, the trade, All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. Um, I still remember when that first came out. I you know, the ultimate line was huge at the time and then DC, you know, there's some rumors that they're they're gonna develop their own kind of project and it's gonna kinda be set up set apart and this new kind of all star imprint we were gonna get and this was two thousand and five when it was gonna finally launch. Uh and it was a pretty big deal. Um when when it started, and I remember, uh, you know, it was a big, again. Jim Lee was announced to be the artist on All Star Batman and Robin, the Boy Wonder, and that was a huge deal. I mean, this is like what a, maybe a couple of years after Hush. Um, so you know, Jim Lee had really kind of not that he ever left the industry, but he kind of broke back in in terms of being on a, a book that everyone bought. Um, with the Hush, and then suddenly he's going to be doing a Batman and Robin book that's a big, that's really exciting and big and then it's going to be written by Frank Miller um, and I, I'm trying to remember the timeline I feel like, I'm just trying to remember I feel like at the time had Dark Knight Strikes Again already happened? I think it, might, it must have happened, but um, but yeah, it, it you know it was it was an exciting time. Jim Lee was still huge, um, obviously. Frank Miller was still huge. So the fact that you were having these two guys coming together to do a, a Batman book was pretty big, um, and we so when it came out, I was like, well, that that's the book I'm going to buy. Like It's its not even a question. Like I wasn't following Batman when Hush came out, but I bought Hush anyway because Jim Lee was coming on board. So I was like, well, it's Jim Lee. i got to read this Batman book. Um, the fact that it was Fred Miller didn't mean as much to me at the time from a Batman perspective because I had my Marvel zombie goggles on until probably the early 2000s, 2002, 2003. Um, so I hadn't really read a lot of DC up to that point. I'd read some stuff like Batman um, Nightfall. I'd read the Reign of the Super Superman, because I was big when I was like nine years old, uh, Death of Superman, you know, we're in the Superman, Superman, um, uh, what was it, uh, World Warfare at a Superman funeral for a friend. So I, I read all that stuff. That was, you know, important to me as a nine-year-old. Uh, but uh, it sounds silly, saying it out loud. Um, but I hadn't really read a lot of other DC stuff. And so Frank Miller didn't mean as much to me as a result. Because I hadn't... I don't think I'd read... Maybe by this point, when this came out, I probably maybe I'd read Year One by then. Um, I probably had read Dark Knight Returns by then. Um, again, I kind of came to a lot of that stuff late just because it wasn't... I didn't really know anyone who was reading DC comics. Uh, I didn't know... In fact, when I... I can't remember if I've mentioned this before on the show, but, uh, when I moved to university, this would have been, um, I guess fall 2002. Um, the uh, person who was in the adjoining, um, uh, unit to me, we didn't share rooms, but we had single rooms. But we had a shared doorway between the two of us in the middle of our rooms. And uh, the guy on the other side, his name was—and uh, I kid you not—in case you don't have never heard this story before or I've never mentioned it, his name was Ben Riley. Yes, Ben Riley. Uh, his name was actually Bennett Riley. He's actually been on an episode a long time ago before he uh, moved out of Toronto, but. Um, the time we, we met at university and he was a big dc fan a lot of dc heroes he, he his dad was much more into the dc side of things and spider-man but he'd read a lot of dc stuff in fact uh his sons uh so he has ben or uh, bennett and then his younger sons were oliver and quinn and i'm like come on oliver queen like let, let's let, let's if that's what's happening here um so he was a big DC Comics fan. So he really started. I remember the first time I ever read Watchmen was that that fall. So, I, you know, I would have been turning 19 years old. So, like, I, I was 19 years old, had never read Watchmen. It just had never been something that circulated for me. Again, my this is before you know, internet wasn't as big in 2002 as it is now, and it's not as pervasive. Um, I hadn't really read a lot of that stuff. I'd read you know the classic Marvel stuff. I hadn't really read DC stuff. I hadn't really hadn't read Watchmen. I hadn't read you know Batman Year Year One or Dark Knight. Rises, or sorry, Dark Knight Returns, I should say, any of that kind of stuff. Anyways, this just kind of gives you a sense that, you know, my DC, my coming to DC did happen later. I had read Pockets here and there, but I'd never really been a big DC fan, and I hadn't immersed myself in DC's continuity, and all of its characters, and all of its aspects of legacy, until much later, until much like after the fact for a lot of those books that I would eventually go back and read tons of. Um, but at this, so in 2005, still relatively early on, I believe at that point, uh, Infinite Crisis had already happened, so I was really big into that, really enjoying that, or, it it was right around that period, I can't remember exactly, I was really big into 52, I love 52, uh, there's a lot of good stuff happening in and around that era, uh, which I was a big big fan of. Anyway, so when this book came out, I was like, well, I'm not going to pick up All-Star Superman, because at the time, I was like, Frank Quietly, I don't really like Frank Quietly, Um, which, you know, I look look at it now, and I absolutely love All-Star Superman, I think it's absolutely fantastic, but I remember at the time being very much like, oh, the Guys who ruined X Men. <laughs> that was my feeling. Like, I remember I was not a big fan of what they did to X Men, on new X Men, I should say, and that just wasn't X Men to me as I had been, you know, as I had learned X Men to be from 95 to 2001. That was not the X Men I was used to, and going back to it now, I still think they are kind of struggles at times um, in terms of trying to be so different and, and kind of inform what the movies would end up looking like as well, but, uh, or kind of vice-versa. They're picking up from the, what the movies did and kind of developing costumes that look like the movie costumes. Uh, that was never a big thing I was a big fan of either and I was really happy when we kind of went back to the more super heroic look uh, that happened in Astonishing X-Men by Josh Whedon and John Cassidy, which maybe I'll talk about it sometime in the future. Um, but, uh, anyways, so I took a big pass on all-star superman when it first came out i have since you know i I bought back when it was first in trade it was in two separate trades and then eventually i think they had a composite trade i never ended up buying it but always wanted it and they had the absolute superman all-star superman and i never bought that but kind of wished i had as well um so all-star batman and robin it's interesting at the time when it came out you know it was it was exciting but terrible Like I'm, I'm, I'm going. So I'm not going to recap every issue. There's ten issues. I'm just going to talk about some of the highlights or some of the things. Again, the whole point of these flashbacks is to kind of say like, where was I in life, and kind of giving you an idea of what I was with regards to DC Comics. Uh, the artwork is fantastic, but you know, it's it's not great stuff like you start off with like dick Grayson jumping through the air and it's it's exciting and it looks like youthful full of energy and then you have this absolute r- ridiculous what is it five pages of vicky vale getting dressed like that's all it is and it's terrible um you know vicky vale standing there in her lingerie talking to herself um i guess recording um and you know she's 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 you know holding a martini in a hand and just kind of doing her thing and then she's talking and just to herself just prancing around in her lingerie and there's like a really unnecessary butt shot like it's just what I, i'm really curious what the script was that that um Jim Lee got like Jim Lee does a great job but like it's just it's just totally gratuitous it's not necessary at all um and then she you know she's going to be going with bruce wayne so she you know throw gets all these different outfits on and decides that an outfit like it's so cheesecakey it's so ridiculous um and she's going to go have a date with bruce wayne uh then you have them at the um uh, at the circus and they see you know what's going on and you think for a moment that you're about to see something like crazy happen with dick grayson but you know he's okay um again they're on this date and then suddenly the two of the flying graysons are murdered um you have the the shot of you know them on the ground and dick in the middle which is obviously meant to evoke the classic uh, picture uh depiction of bruce wayne with his parents killed um and then you you don't see batman right away you see bruce disappear you have the silhouette of batman his cowl you see his glove you see the the you know the tendrils of his cape uh, you got the idea that you know the Gotham City cops are not trusted. This is, you know, this is the dark and seedy Frank Miller version, although looking as gorgeous as a Jim Lee book, which is what kind of gives this book a weird Frankenstein quality, in that Jim Lee is not set up to do this type of storyline, in my opinion. And, you know, you can disagree. But, like, you know, the, the darker, seedier... You know, murkier aspect of Batman um, that's supposed to exist. You know, kind of the year one era when he's still kind of scary, and you still have, you know, he's not really uh, an accepted superhero yet to the world, and uh, you know, it's not that well known, and you still have corruption and you know uh, a big degree of criminal element. Um, I don't think that Jim Lee does necessarily does a great job with that, and so you have like ridiculous scene of you know Alfred and. Um, uh, Vicki Vale, you know, kind of fleeing, this, getting out of the scene. And, you know, Dick Grayson is, you know, he's, he's being taken by the police and they're going to like beat him up. And then you have the bat show up and you have a Batmobile that absolutely like shreds, um, the police vehicle, which again, doesn't really feel like any version of Batman that you ever used to see. Like even in your one where, you know, he's antagonistic, you don't see him just, you know, blowing the crap out of a, uh, of a, a cop car and probably killing people um, and then he picks up a child who's just lost his kid uh, sorry lost his parents and he says on your feet soldier you've just been drafted into a war and it's just like this is psychotic and that's how the first issue ends and it's just like you've seen first of all like one shot of Batman and you've seen him probably murder some corrupt cops which definitely goes against like And this would eventually get dialed up to such degree that, you know, the all-star Batman is something of ridicule, is something of parody. Um, he's the goddamn Batman. Like, yeah, I don't know if if you haven't, if you have been more recent enough in the comics that you know that phrase but don't know really where it came from, it comes from here. Um, it comes from this ridiculous book. Um, so, you know, Batman and, and everyone is up, you know, kind of dialed up to crazy to the nines. Like, in the issue two, you have, um, Uh, what's this called, Alfred and Vicky Vale have been injured, and, you know, you have Alfred kind of being a badass movie star, um, action star. You have them thinking about, you know, what just happened to Dick Grayson and and what Batman did, and then you have um, Vicky Vale kind of passing out, and you have this kind of weird shot of Alfred kind of, you know, holding her up in very dramatic fashion, but it's just, why is this happening? And then, again, you have a Batman um, with... Dick Grayson trying to like kind of escape you know kind of driving off and uh it's again it's a maniacal kind of crazy Batman and he's got this kind of weird look on his face and you know and again it's so over the top that it's hard to read it and really enjoy it as being anything serious it's just it's it's its own parody the artwork is gorgeous like there's a shot of Batman driving and again it's a great Jim Lee shot of Batman, but it's a weird... Like, if you read all the dialogue, it's terrible. Um, there's a part where he's like, so sleep tight, punk. Sleep tight, my ward. And then Bat- and then Robin's like, huh, was that, what the hell's a ward? And just Batman says nothing and says, shut up, we'll do the talking here. Like, I just... I don't like this version of Batman. And I didn't like it then, and I still don't like it now. I like this book for the art. And I think um, the art is where this book succeeds. The art is where it's good. Um, It's the writing that this is just an absolute... This isn't a Batman story. This isn't any version of Batman anyone wants. This is just Batman as a dick. Uh, And even Dick... Grayson himself is is written extremely poorly. Like here he's like, who the hell are you anyway giving you orders like this? And then this is, this is the line that I think was very much, at the time there were so many kind of early memes at the time, was uh, this is what Batman says. What, are you dense? Are you retarded or something? Who the hell do you think I am? I'm the goddamn Batman. That's right. DC published a comic in 2005 called All Star Batman and Robin: The Boy Wonder, ostensibly about Batman and Robin, you know, being a team, being this you know team that everyone likes. And Batman calls Dick Ra- asks Dick Grayson if he's retarded, and then calls himself the goddamn Batman. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, it, again, the art in this series is so good. But, like, you have the cops chasing after Batman. Batman's just doing crazy shit. And he's, like, going right through cop cars, shredding them. He's... You have, like, a maniacal Batman who's, like, laughing. And then he just... Tur- and then it turns into, you know, uh, something out of a science fiction movie. he just flies into space like something that the, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. would have. Um, like, the S.H.I.E.L.D. flying cars. Like, it's so over the top. And then... You have Dick Ration freaking out because he just watched his parents die, and now he's been abducted by an insane person and then he's he's getting upset and you know, he's like this what's happening, this is so crazy and Batman slaps him in the face. Like, what is this? And even the narration is damn it, damn it, all what am I gonna do to this? What am I doing to this kid? Who the hell do I think I am? I'm torturing this boy, torturing him. Just look at him. He's a baby, and I'm torturing him. It's a terrible thing to do, but it's the only way. It's the only way. If I don't keep the pressure up, he'll find time to grieve. I can't let him grieve. Grief is the enemy. Like, uh, this is issue two. It gets worse. Like, it gets so much worse. And, like, the art at this point is claustrophobic because you have so many panels on the page. Like, there's a panel where, uh, sorry, a page where you have 12 panels on the page. And then the next one, you have 16 panels, and they're so tiny, and it's just this insane narration and then finally the issue's over and like Robin's like yeah you know yes sir I'll be brave and it's just like nothing feels earned because this is absolutely like crazy but the art is beautiful then you have a uh, in issue three, you have you know a really over the top kind of Jim Lee's cheesecake shot of uh, Black Canary because she's working at a bar. Uh, there's so like there's so much writing, there's overwriting, there's so much you know r- ridiculous dialogue, and and then you have Black Canary competing at this bar, and it's excessively violent, but it's gorgeous. It's I remember years ago I wrote a review for I think Ultimatum issue three or something. I don't know which issue, but it was by uh, who was a by Jeff Loeb and um, David Finch, and I said that the artwork was gorgeous, but it was beautiful work. But because of what it was depicting, it was, it was gorgeously disgusting because you had like, uh, I believe it was in that issue that you had, uh, the blob eating the wasp and then later giant man eating, you know, chomping blobs head off. Like it was, and it was all depicted gorgeously, but it was disgusting. That's kind of what I feel about some of the art here because you have this brutal action sequence by Jim Lee, which again, it feels very brutal, but it doesn't feel like it's really needs to be there. It's just excessive. And it's like A lot of the issue is just Black Canary beating the shit out of an entire bar. And for what? And it just feels so hollow. And, you know, it's just such an insane version of the character. And then we finally flash back to Batman. And, again, he's being crazy with, you know, Dick Grayson. and takes him into the, um... It starts, you know, taking him into, uh... The Batcave. And at one point, he, uh... Let's see... Robin says, uh, you still haven't told me what a war is," and Batman just says, shut up. Like, what do, so what do you call this thing anyway? The Batmobile. And then, again, 2005, you have Robin say, that is totally queer, and Batman's response, again, is, shut up. Like, what, who are these people? You then, in Metropolis, you have um, a, a Superman, see a missing uh, I love this. he's in Metropolis, not in Gotham, but he he's in Metropolis and he's getting some milk out of the that he's already bought. It's not milk that he's buying at a grocery store. It's, he's already bought milk, brought it home, now he's looking at the missing thing and seeing that this kid is missing, missing from Gotham. Um and decides that, you know, he's he's gonna maybe do some of this and then he's able to see that this child has been batnapped according to an article that his own, you know, colleague Lois Lane wrote. And then, cause he's angry and badass, and it's Frank Miller and he's just going to give Jim Lee crazy things to draw that don't make any sense. Um, and actually now that I think about it, I think Batman had already, sorry, uh, Jim Lee had already done four tomorrow, the Superman story. So this is like, you know, not his first big project in the last couple of years at this point. Uh, he then uses heat vision to blast through his own glasses for no reason uh, to shred an article that he's reading. And then his eyes are glowing. It's just damn. Cause he's angry that's the end of the issue like you barely got any batman and, and robin in fact you got one two three four pages i guess four pages of batman and robin the rest is an insane black canary story that doesn't make any sense and just is over the top for no reason and then you have two issues two pages of superman just getting angry and you know and frying his newspaper for no reason like it's just excessive um I'm not going to go through the entire thing. Um, I don't think that's necessary or warranted. I just this these are the issues that come up when I think of this book, and it's probably good that I own it, don't own it in print and just in digital format. But uh, issue four, you have Vicky Vale, you know, in hospital because she obviously went through, you know, apparently a lot more than it let on. Again, it's like still like the same night, like Dick Grayson has just lost his parents and yet like they're not really delving into it at all. And then you have this insane, I think it's like a four page splash page, uh, which reading it digitally really does not, um, do it any justice. You have this massive Batcave, um, which is cool. You know, cause you really get, Jim Lee gets a chance to really shine and to show how crazy, you know, how big the Batcave is. And, you know, it's super high tech and everything. And Dick, Dick Grayson has no words. And, Batman, again, the, the kid just lost his family. And he's like, pretty cool, huh? What do you say? And it's just like, what the hell? And then Decoration just doesn't know what to even take in. He's like, yeah, I guess it's okay. I mean, I've seen better, but I guess this is okay. And Batman just says, I don't think I like this kid, not one bit. I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, bringing him to his new home. And he tells him, to like, get out of the car. And it's just like, his family just died. And yet, Frank Miller does not give two shits about this. And instead has had this. Crazy story. You have Vicky Bale in the hospital. She, you know, she's injured. You have um, Alfred as well. You have, you know, Batman being angry about that that clown in Metropolis. Um, you have, you know, a shot of Superman that it looks like he can't fly, but he's just fast at this point. Um, just craziness. And again, you have the idea that Batman understands what happened to him, and having the blood that'll never wash off, and knowing that it's going to be true with the kid as well um, and he just leaves him there and he's like and he's like well I'm hungry he leaves Dick Grayson in the in the Batcave say, Dick Grayson says he's hungry and then uh, all Batman could say is there's, there's plenty to eat here your food will present itself and then there's like a freaking bat and like a rat and you're, and he just Batman just leaves Dick Grayson there and then you know, the next sequence you have is Superman's, you know, doing a task that basically Batman's been able to distract him with. And then Batman, you know, goes to the streets, beats people up and he's just doing crazy stuff. You have, uh, Alfred feeds the, uh, feeds Dick Grayson, like a hamburger and, and, um, and French fries. And Batman's like angry at him. And he's like, that boy will not be reduced to eating rats, sir. I was, you chose your time below living like a rat yourself. You chose this life, like absolutely batshit crazy. um, issue five uh at one, like it's you have a weird version of wonder woman like a very over the top uh very frank miller version of wonder woman even though it's beautifully depicted by uh jim lee you have you know an early version of the justice league i guess meeting in kind of a weird rundown place you have green lantern plastic man superman and wonder woman um again everything looks great but it's terrible and at one point you know, Superman's angry. He's like, damn you, Diana, damn you, and your Amazon arrogance. You don't know anything. This is my world. Like, all this crazy shit. And at one point, like, you know, Wonder Woman's like, you bastard, you bastard, I hate your guts. I hate your guts. You make me sick. Uh, It's just, what is this? And she like spits at Superman, like, and then he like grabs her and like makes out with her. Like, None of this makes any sense. And then when she leaves, she's she's like, "All your rules can go straight to hell, and so can you." I hate you all. And then as she walks away, uh, Superman's just like, "She's really a very nice girl." Like, what the hell is this? Who are these characters? This is not. I like looking back on it. I still don't know what the hell, what the hell Frank Miller thought he was doing. Like, it's so parody. It's so bad um so over the top and crazy again the only thing that saves this and makes it something that anyone is still looking at is the amazing artwork by jim lee um issue six they throw in batgirl because why not you also have uh, black canary uh but yeah you also have batgirl um you know like there's she's a big fan of, of batman uh, she you know puts on a costume um you know and she's like i i'm really good at bullshitting my dad and i look awesome and she's Batgirl girl and she's like running out into the streets like it's just this is just so bananas um i, I don't even get it and you have and this issue you have more of uh, Vicky Vale and like you know kind of butt shots as she's in like a hospital gown and like she's she's kind of getting naked and getting dressed and, and Jimmy Olsen's there and he's, like, trying to look at her it's just like what's going on you have Black Canary fighting some thugs and then Batman sh- uh, Batman is nearby he attacks some uh, some cops some corrupt cops and him and um uh, Black Canary end up in the same place, and she's like, "Oh, sweet Jesus, it's the goddamn Batman!" And so then they end up having a fight sequence against all these like criminals. And again, it's it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, it's you know really action packed. But their narration and the characters and the way they're written is terrible. Um, after Batman's and you know kind of laying everyone out black canary says has anyone ever anybody ever told you my my good man that you were totally hot and he says not for the last few days no she she runs up to him says consider yourself told and then just attacks batman and starts making out with him and he says her tongue's a little bit sandy she's a smoker cigars cuban i haven't sm- kissed a smoker in weeks not since selena which doesn't mean anything here and he just says we keep our masks on it's better that way and they're just like making out in the middle of like there's flames everywhere it's raining and they're just making out in the rain. And then he offers her like a ride home, and he's like, "You're the god," and she's like, "You're the goddamn Batman. And you need yourself a goddamn car. It's just nuts." And then she, you know, he she makes fun of the word Batmobile, and he's like, "I've taken enough grief about calling my goddamn car a goddamn gack Batmobile. I'm the goddamn Batman. I can call my da- goddamn car whatever the hell I want to call it." And then. Because we haven't had enough of goddams, which maybe Frank Miller is just being ridiculous at this point. And there were delays at some point, so I can't remember the exact release dates. Um, she says, whatever you say, man of mine, that's just a totally queer name for a car is all. Which, what, why? why is everyone using the word queer? Like, it's just it's so weird. The Batmobile shows up. Uh, they're in the Batmobile. You have Black Canary smoking in the Batmobile. Uh, you have shots of you know, Dick Grayson being scared about being in the, in the cave. Uh, he's killed a rat with a giant, like, axe that he found in the back cave. Like, none of this makes any sense. And then you have this shot of, you know... Um, uh, um, Dick Grayson has an opportunity to, to like, kill the guy who's involved in the death of his parents. And he doesn't, but it looks like he, like, almost splits his mouth open with a giant axe. Like, it's crazy. And he's, like, attacking this guy with Batman being okay with it. And it's just like, why why? And then, so we're up to issue 8, you have a version of the Joker, which is probably more in line with what we got in uh, the Suicide Squad movie, in terms of not really being a fun Joker, not really being as as twisted, but just being like a straight-out psychopath. Um, and uh, his, his, the woman who's, I guess, his underling has two swastikas on her breasts, which is, you know, sure, why not? like This, this hasn't gone crazy enough already. Um, you have Batman, you know, sees the Green Lantern symbol, uh, happening inside of Gotham, um, you know, he, he's, you know, he decides he's gonna go take him on, you have, ba- uh, Robin, or sorry, uh, Dick Grayson practicing, and he wants a, a costume, he wants a cape and a hood, and so, you know, uh, Alfred's gonna get him that, you have Green Lantern's just there, and Batman just shows up and is like, what do you want, Jordan? He's like, how the heck do you know my name? He's like, I know everything, what do you want? And, um, so you have this, you know, this meeting between Green Lantern and, and Batman. Then you flip to this shot of Selina Kyle, and she's being approached by the Joker. Uh, you have um, Dick Grayson now has a costume, so he's like, "Call me the Hood." He gets kind of his butt kicked by uh, Batman, or like, kind of, he's taking the task and he just says, "Lose the hood, you're Robin." Uh, okay, sure, why not? And then issue nine, which is the last issue in the trade. Uh, so I own this digitally in the digital version of the trade, and then I have issue ten separately in the digital version. And this is something I remember being so dumb: is that you have Batman and Green Lantern, and this obviously is a, a riff off of Neil Adams' cover, I believe. Um, but you have Batman all in yellow, and he's confront—you know—he's kind of gesturing towards uh, Green Lantern. They're having a fight, and then you see that previously you had Robin uh, paint everything in a room uh, yellow. Which is really being ridiculous in terms of the idea of the Silver Age of, you know, Green Lantern can affect anything in yellow. So you have Batman and Robin are fully in yellow. They're in a fully yellow room. And, um, you know, Green Lantern's kind of pissed off at Batman, starts, like, attacking Batman. And, uh, yeah, no, it's it's absolutely nuts. And, uh, yeah, and there's so much of this is spent with this ridiculous you know, discussion between Hal Jordan about and Batman and Robin and, again, everyone painted in yellow and it's just nuts. And then Green Lantern loses his ring and, he, and then Robin's, like, making fun of him and, like, beats up Green Lantern. Like, this is terrible. This is bad comics in every way. And, you know, there's this, this interesting shot where you have Batman and Robin in the dark uh, as it's raining and you have the yellow kind of bleeding off of them, which is a cool visual effect, but, again, it's not not a good issue of a comic and you finally have batman and robin dealing with the the loss of uh, dickerson's parents and having him being sad at at their gravestone and it's an emotional beat but not really because this is a terrible comic that doesn't care about emotions like it's like jim lee is 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 creating emotion in that scene i don't even know if it was actually there in the script then you have issue 10 which again was after the trade had already been developed when they still thought they were going to end this eventual series um And uh, you know, again, looks gorgeous, beautiful artwork. Um, You have Catwoman's really been beaten up. You have finally we come back to the idea of Batgirl running around. We have Black Canary doing her crazy Black Canary stuff, which doesn't make any sense. You have Batgirl, you know, potentially going to jail. You have Batman's barely in the issue at all, and you have a lot about what's going on with Gordon. And it's just this issue is terrible. And you know, Gordon out about Batgirl. And anyways, this is, I don't even remember. Like, I remember the other issues more because I feel like I read them more. Issue 10 is just, you know, kind of a, a train wreck. The whole thing was a train wreck. Anyways, this was a flashback to a giant train wreck of a book called star Batman and Robin, The Boy Wonder. Um, Pick up All-Star Superman. It's fantastic. It's one of the best Superman stories I've ever read. It's, uh, absolutely fantastic. It's very enjoyable all the way through. This, uh, whatever I just talked about for the last half hour, it is not good. Not worth reading. Um, but fun to joke about like it's fun to kind of You know, flip through and just kind of see the art because the art is gorgeous. Some of it, some of it is just absolutely amazing. Jim Lee art, but otherwise, this is just a train wreck. And uh, Frank Miller, you know, they kind of retroactively said it was kind of part of his, you know, year one, Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight Starts again, kind of uh, continuity. Um, But it's it's just a it's a giant mess. The characters are terrible. Uh, It never really ends because they were supposed to do more and they just never did. Um, So it doesn't even leave you with a complete on. Conclusive note. Whereas you have twelve issues of All Star, but All Star Superman, which are absolutely fantastic, tell an amazing, breathtaking story that's were extremely well plotted and put together, and uh, you know it is very enjoyable every time I read it. And um, you know there really is no comparison between the two. Um, there was, I think, they were supposed to do what an All Star Wonder Woman, but it just never happened i trying to remember which one got canceled or never occurred. Anyways. Um, yeah, that's been this episode. You can reach me at comic shenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Uh, our next non reviews episode. So I guess what three or sorry, five ninety six, will be a conversation with Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan, the creative team that behind the creation of Bane. And they've just wrapped the 12 issue maxi series Bane conquest. So I'll be chatting with them. So that'll be coming out in our next non-reviews episode. After that, I think there's going to be an episode where we, hopefully, we'll talk about Teen Titans go to the movies. Uh, otherwise, it might be just another one of these fun little flashback episodes. And then we have episode 600. I'm uh, not really sure what's going to be in there or who's going to be in that episode yet. I guess I'll have to uh, come about at some point. I'll figure it out. And then uh, we're going to have a uh, Kelly Thompson is going to be on the show probably for episode 602. Uh, we're going to have Tom Defacco coming back to the show uh, in uh, August or September. We're going to have Jim Kruger finally on the show. Uh, that's just been pushed back a few times. Uh, so great stuff coming up down the pike. Uh, Matthew Rosen, uh, Rosenberg is supposed to be doing the show at some point. Just working on scheduling for that. So anyways, good stuff coming down the pike. But thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.